Praise the Lord from Pastor Strader at Lighthouse Church. Thanks for connecting with us through our podcast. Our prayer is that it's a blessing to you as we try to reach, equip, and mobilize Jesus' name disciples in Apache Junction, Arizona, and the surrounding region. Enjoy today's podcast and come back often. God bless you. We love you. Such a beautiful spirit, and it's so fitting because God is love. And what is mothers? They're love. They love women. They love, and we were created to love people. That's what I'm going to be talking about today. I've not come to speak just mothers, but to all ladies of God and to highlight their value and importance in the kingdom of God through extending love. As a woman, we battle with, uh, battle all mentally and identifying, oh, you guys can be seated, I'm sorry, I just got caught up in the moment. God bless you. I will have opening scripture or scriptures, but it will be more like throughout it, and you don't have to stand for it. <coughs> Excuse me. As women, we all battle mentally because we're more emotional than than the other beings, obviously, right? So in our, we get in our heads, we get in our minds, and we think more, but that's, that's why we are more tender, because we understand more. And sometimes, as life changes, we have a hard time finding our identity. So life changes, and I know for myself, with my kids, um, I have my two precious kiddos, and people are always like, why don't you have more kids? Have this. And I'm like, you know, it's in the Lord's hands. If the Lord wants me to have more, then I will. If not, that's fine, and honestly, I feel completely satisfied with my two wonderful children. I am blessed, and they're incredible. I love them very much. But with that, there is closing of chapters. I, I'm having to say goodbye to having a little one around all the time, or, or one that's one. And I, I don't know about you guys, but for me, I adore being a toddler mom. I think it's a beautiful thing. It's special. It's fun. I love the toys. I Honestly, to be total candid, this might be a little embarrassing for some of you guys, me and Gentry went to Build-A-Bear the other day and I got myself a bear. <laughs> I got myself a green frog. Do you know why green frog? Because I love green and when I was a child, Angela could, could um, say this, I had a T.Y. It was a big one that was a frog. So I don't know, I just thought it was kind of fun. And then I let Gentry do it for me and it was special. I was like, baby, make it super special, okay? And so now I call it like the prayer bear. It stays in the prayer room, you know. But that's kind of who I am. I just love the, the fun things of toys and the excitement and all that stuff. So whenever I think about not having more kids, I start saying, oh man, I, I can't do that stuff anymore. I can't enjoy that. And I was really struggling with it a lot. And I asked the Lord, I was like, God, why am I struggling with it? Is it because I feel like I need to have another one? And he's like, no, he doesn't have to because I feel like I'm blessed. But he helped me see the beauty in the next stages. You know, because just because this chapter, the baby stage and the toddler stage may be passing a little bit, it doesn't mean it's any less special. It's going to be special no matter the stage they're at. And if I'm happy for them and I can continue seeing my new role in ever-changing life, because life moves swiftly, goes by so fast, it's so it's kind of sad, and it seems like people try to rush through life. Like, no, no, we're not going to rush through life because we'll get there eventually, but so enjoy it right now. And so I asked the Lord to help me to see that, and I started seeing it. So then I started looking at Gracie instead of thinking, oh, my poor baby, she's not a baby no more. I can't love her and hug her. I started thinking, wow, what a beautiful thing. She's now becoming this little person that I can be like, hey, Gracie, guess what? Or, hey, Gracie, come here, help me, help me with this. And it's becoming something more sweet and special for me and her as a mother and daughter. That was a little bit of rabbit trail, but... You get that anyways. 
I want everyone to encourage everyone today to love along the journey of life, no matter where you're at. Share God's love. If you think you, um, when I think of a mother, the first thing I think of is most of the time maternal. But as I said earlier, it's more than just a maternal mother. You can be a mother in mentoring. You can be a mother in being a friend. You can be a mother, have all the same attributes, but just a different title, which is totally okay. Women embody mothers. The, the, the woman role or the woman being, I don't want to say, because there's men and women, then there's animals, but the, the woman being in, in the human race is the softer one that embodies the mother. So I want to say mothers are special, but women are special. A mother is a woman with, uh, in a relation to her children or have children, and God created mothers to be a woman. You, you ever think God created women to be the softer one because he felt she would be special to man? The other day, and I was reading the Bible the other day, and um, it's just kind of silly. We read Genesis all the time, right? And we, we're like, yeah, we know that God created man out of dust and the animals and all that. And I, I've known this, but it just kind of, you know, as we know, the Bible's a living word, so it spoke to me differently. And in Genesis 2, 7, it says, And the Lord God formed man out of dust of the ground. He created God out of the dust. In Genesis 19, it says, And out of the ground the Lord formed every beast in the field and every fowl of the air, and then brought him to Adam. But when you go to 22, you see, as we know, God created man from the rib. And I thought to myself, wait a minute, and I paused. We're the only beings that was not created directly from the dust. And what does that mean? We were created to be a helpmeet, which we know that we are created to be a helpmeet. Well, what does it mean to be a helpmeet to, to somebody? Well, that means God created us to be extra special. So ladies, you have like a lot more in your mind and you're more sensitive to things, but that's God given. We think, oh my gosh, I'm just such a mess all the time. I'm, I'm a crazy emotional mess. Why am I this way? It's because God wants you to be that way. God wants you to be the softer soul. And it's okay. It's okay to show love. And sometimes it gets looked as, oh, you're crazy. You're a crazy lady. You know, why, why are you like this? I'm like, well, that's because I'm supposed to be. I do just need somebody to love. And I truly believe us beings were here to be worshipers, right? We were created to worship. Pardon me. You were created to worship because, you know, there's people in the world, another rabbit trail. I told my husband last night, I was like, are you sure you want to do that? I, I, I'm a queen of rabbit trails. I can rabbit trail forever. He goes, no, it's fine. Just do what you want to do. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I was like, okay, I warned you. <clears throat> but, no, I've been thinking because I, it's been preached here, us beings were created to what? Love God's earth and to worship him, right? And so people fall short of it, and they'll find other things to adore and to worship and, and to fall. Well, we were created to worship, but I feel like the women was created to be the caretaker because Adam, um, God saw Adam and was like, well, he needs somebody to be around, someone to take care of him, a help me. What does it help me? It's a care to love, to look after, and to be sensitive with. So always remember, you were created to love, and it's a beautiful thing. <clears throat> I kind of skipped over this stuff. Sorry about this. We know women was created from the rib of Adam and is a helpmeet for him. But he, this proves to us that we were created to be loving, supportive, compassionate, being we deserve to be when helping and loving others. First Corinthians 11.9, I pulled this out, and I went, this was more Google. And so when I saw it, I was like, you know what, I'm going to add that verse too because it's a beautiful verse. And First Corinthians 11.9 says, Neither was the man created for the woman, but the woman for the man. I mean, it can be translated as not just the, a man, but you can do it as other people. 
Because, you know, the Bible talks about, refers to the man, but we always take it as general population, you know. So I kind of interpret this as I can be kind and sweet and supportive to anyone, to each other, to Sister Stacy, to, to Ma'am Ma'am and Sister Dory. We can be kind and loving to every single one of them. It doesn't just have to be a man. But we were created to love. This role will get challenged in the spirit because it embodies love. And I feel like loving and unity and loving or love, showing God's love, are some of the two biggest threats to the enemy. Because if we can love and we show God's love and that's what changes, that's what pulls people, like, oh, God loves me that much? Oh, I love God so much. I'm willing to do this for him. I'm willing to, okay, nope, I'm going to say no to that because I'm done. You know, I love God enough. Or I, it's okay for me not, not to have that, not to protect that anymore. And I'm okay with it because I love him. So the enemy sees that as a threat. He goes, oh, man, if, if they love God that much, well, I've lost him for good. Yeah, you have. Because love is what I am. And I'm going to give it to the Lord. And so, yes, women, you will be, you will be attacked by the enemy through it. Um, this is kind of a silly story. <laughs> I told my husband, I was like, I didn't fully expect to share this with this church, <laughs> but it's okay. <clears throat> a few weeks ago, my husband, as you guys know, was ministering in Iowa, and I um, came in just fine. Everything was good, but I, don't, I probably was missing him, or it was just like an emotional time. I don't know. Things were happening, and it was a kind of a busy day with the church picnic and everything, and I came in church, prayed, and we were on the worship team. It was great. And a few little things, some comments were made, and I was being extra sensitive. This enemy was attacking me that day. And it's, it's fine, y'all. I'm fine. I don't want, I'm not telling you guys to make you guys feel sorry for me because this is not, not the point whatsoever. And so I started thinking, oh, man, I'm, I feel like I'm in the way. I had that in my mind. Like, they only want, David's the only one that is the one's going to hold up or they're asking me because of this or because of him. And, and then some things were said to me, kind of like, wait a minute, can you move out of the way? Well, you're being rude doing this. I'm like, I'm sorry, I'll, I'll just go away. So I did. I dismissed myself to the back. And I did have a pity party <laughs> for myself. But I don't want you to feel sorry for me because it's okay. It was an attack of the enemy. <clears throat> and I remember I was sitting there thinking to myself, good grief. Here I am sitting here having a pity party. And I just know it. I'm going to share this story and I'm going to laugh at it. But I did not expect it to be this soon, obviously. I was just thought, and I thought, my, thought about it. I was like, yeah, I'm going to tell the story someday, and it's going to be funny, and it's going to be maybe helpful, hope. And I thought to myself, okay, now I'm thinking of myself telling the story. Well, this is just pitiful. <laughs> I was like, David, just come home, please. And so then, I mean, I kind of left it be. I just pushed it aside. You know, got, I have this mentality of just move, just keep moving on, you know, just, just keep marching forward. And so I just kept moving forward. <clears throat> and God... I started dealing with me about it. I started praying. I was like, God, why, why did I feel that spirit? I'm, that's not my personality. I'm confident in who I am. I'm confident in not being a singer. I'm not a musician. I'm confident, bless God, in, in my role because God's given to me, and I know my purpose. But the devil's going to challenge it. I mean, he's going to do it to all of us because he wants to keep us down. And so I started praying. I was like, God, why, why? And he just kind of, kind of just put in my mind that, it was the spirit of the enemy of trying to tell me, no, you don't have a place. You, you, don't, you don't belong. They, they don't really want to see you. They want to see somebody else. It's like, wait a minute. I've never felt that before. Why, why do I feel that now? And so and, and I, I just began to rebuke him. God, I rebuke the spirit of feeling I have no place. And you think it's silly to rebuke spirits with that simple verbiage? No. 
It's not. You can say anything you do. I rebuke you, spirit of feeling I have no place. I rebuke you, spirit of making me feel like I'm nothing because I am something in Jesus' name. God said I have dominion and power of, of, over all the hell in Jesus' name, in his name, and I'm going to stand in it. And then even with your children, I'm sure sometimes some of you mothers, because some of you guys have little ones. Sister Jamie has little ones, and Sister Jessica has little ones, and sweet Mackenzie and Rebecca is going to have little ones. Um, we're still in the trenches, which is a beautiful season, but then there's some that have kids that have grown. And so good job if your kids are grown and doing well. That's a big deal. It's a big deal. So good job, Mama, for having a, mom, a, a kid that is like good at working, is like have a good worth ethic and loves you, but sometimes as a mother you feel like maybe I don't belong. Maybe they don't need me anymore. And maybe they make me make me make you feel that way, but that's okay. You know what they're thinking? They're thinking, I've got to show my mom I can do this. And the mom's like, you know that. You know that happens because my mom's like that a little bit. She goes, well, you don't, you don't need me anymore. It's like, yeah, I do. I love you. Do you know what I need you for? I'll just call on the phone and talk to you. You don't have to say a word. I'll just talk. You put the phone down. And you just, as long as you just let me talk, you know. And so she loves in that way. But in Proverbs 31, 28, um, it says, Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. So you may not feel it, but your children are walking around to people. I have a great mother. My mom is sweet. She's caring. She'll answer the phone when I ask, Hey, Mom, I have a flat tire. Can you help me with some money? Oh, yeah, sure. And they don't even, you don't even realize that they may think of you that way, but they're, they're just they're happy. And they're, they may be thinking to themselves, My mom's amazing but they don't say it. So even the scripture says. And as life changes and moves, <clears throat> moves, and if you find yourself feeling like you might be dealing with this sort of spirit, it's an ugly, ugly spirit to feel that way because I don't, nobody of any age, of anything should feel they have no place in the kingdom of God because there is. And you're like, how, how do I know if I'm dealing with these things? Well, I, I encourage you to ask yourself some questions and questions that I felt that might help you Figure out if you're dealing with this. You ask yourself, am I, being, am I closed down? Am I closed down and cagey? I guess that's the word that people say whenever you're, you don't take anything in. Am I cagey? Am, am I not letting people reach me? Am I not being kind? Um, are you too defensive? If someone says something to you, be like, wait a minute. No, I didn't say that. Like, why are you attacking my character like that? Well, maybe you're feeling like you have no place. And something inside of you is telling you, like, wait a minute. I do have a place, I know you do, so now I have to prove it. So if someone's attacking me with this, I'm going to say, nope, 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 not me. I'm, I'm going to stand up for myself. Are you easily offended? I mean, if you're easily offended, you might be feeling like you have no place. Or you walk around with your head kind of down. You're like, uh, if you want me to help, I will help. But just tell me if you want me to help. If you don't, it's okay. It's really good. No, no, no. Don't do that. Just be like, hey, I'm here to help, instead of pulling yourself down. Or if you become tunnel visions, if you become so like selfless, like just like about ourselves, or selfish, sorry, about ourselves, and all you think about is what, how is it going to edify me? How is it going to lift me up? How is it going to just all about me? And you become that way. You're like, okay, what's the next thing I can do to make sure I shine? Or what's the next thing I can do? And people are like, oh, that's so amazing. If you become that way, you might be having a hard time with feeling like you have no place. 
And as mothers, parents, mentors, aunts, best friends, we feel like we are supposed to have an answer to help someone. This is a little bit switching gears, but I wanted to share it just because it's it's pretty neat. I thought it was cool because as mothers, I've, I've, I've talked to a few of you guys, and of course my mother, a lot of times in my personality, I feel like I have to have an answer. People are like, oh, I have this going on, and I think to myself, oh, I need to solve their problem. You know, I need to let them know that, hey, I have a solution for you, you know. And it, that's not always true. <clears throat> we're supposed to, and so we're, anyways, as mothers, parents, mentors, aunts, best friends, we feel we need to um, help people, help someone out of a bad situation or even out of a situation that they got themselves into when they made a bad choice. Um, I know people like that. It's like, you made that choice. Oh, well, now you have to live it. But I shouldn't take it upon myself to try to fix it. It's like, no, it's not my problem. But we can help them. I was reading, um, there's this UPCI devotional called The Deborah Project. I don't know if anybody have heard that, but it's a devotional for women. It's a beautiful book. It was just released. Actually, Alicia Flores sent it to me in the mail, and it was the sweetest thing. I think it was for my birthday, and it was the sweetest thing. I was like, oh, wow, that's so sweet. And it's a gorgeous book, but it's called The Deborah Project from UPCI. And one morning I was reading it, and one of my friends, Ellery Saucer, and I, when I saw her in there, I was like, hey, I know her. She's my friend. I like her so much. I'm going to read. I read her devotion first. I was like, I'm going to read it first and let her know how much I liked it, you know. And so what she said in there, said, you are not your friend's savior. You weren't called to heal their hurts or shape their future. And I thought, that is so true. I immediately texted Angela. I was like, Angela. This is so good. You know, you, you know it, right? We know this stuff, but sometimes there's those, 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 there's those um, um, aha moments. You're like, oh, yeah, I knew that. You know, gosh darn it. <laughs> I forget that that's not a good thing to say. Um, you weren't called to heal their hurts or to shape their future, but you can point them to the one who can. You can walk with them to the redeemer and the healer. You can be like, hey, I'm so sorry you're feeling that way. It's really, really tough. Hey, but can I give you a hug? Or can I pray with you about this? In Ecclesiastes 4, 4, 9 through 10, it says, Two are better than one because they are good reward for their labor. 10, for if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow, but, the, but woe to him that is alone when he falleth, for he hath not another to help him up. When Ellery wrote this, I thought to myself, that is just like any relationship. It doesn't have to just be for friendships. It can be for mothers. It can be for mentors, aunts, um, anyone. Even men can apply to. You don't have to be a fixture. Just help guide them. Just be their friend. Be there for them. Love them. A mother is supportive, loving, unconditional. And your biggest fan, they teach you. They're caring. They're always there. And how do you apply to this? I, I suggest that you find someone who needs to, someone to care for them. There's a lot of people in this world that need love and caring and someone to look after them. Because they, they, they may feel like, I'm, I'm fine. I'm doing well. I'm strong. But... Down deep, they're really not. When they go home, they're like, because we all see each other every day, you know, at service times, and we all look wonderful and beautiful and at your best. But when they go home, everything's quiet. They're alone, and, they, and they're in their life. And they think, well, they don't see this part of me. And I would really would like somebody to talk to me, or I'd really like somebody to give me a hug. I, I don't have this person, but they can give me, a, you know, something. So it's good to always just to, Find someone you can give a hug to. Because you never know what, who needs it and who doesn't need it. And even a simple text message. God will put somebody on your mind, even if you're just like scrolling through your phone, looking at your text messages. Like, oh, there's a name. Why did it? Just text them. 
Just be like, hey, I was thinking about you. You don't have to say nothing profound like, oh, I, God gave me this for you. You don't have to say nothing like that. Just say, hey, I love you. Have a great day. Smiley face. I like to do hearts. <laughs> As you guys know, I love hearts. It's because it bodies love. And oh, to be like Jesus and God is love. So that's why I, w- I wanted this message to be mostly focused on the love of God. First John 4, 8. He that loveth not knoweth God, for God is love. And I, you guys will think this is maybe a little far, but I, I really wanted to share this. I read this again in one of my morning times, and it just stood out to me, and it was so beautiful. In Mark 5, 5 through 7, it says, And always night and day he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. 6. But when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him. And 7. And he cried with a loud voice and said, what have I to do with Jesus, this, thou, son most, thou son of the most high God? I adjured. That when I looked that up, it said he just begged God. I, I, I beg thee, God, don't torment me. Please don't torment me. And I kind of thought about this as, with this um, because I thought to myself, people just need someone to care about them because people in this world beat them up, yeah. beat them up so much. So we need to be the ones, and when they see us, they may be like, Oh, you have the love of God. And they can feel God's love just through our conversation, just by connecting with us. Because I feel so bad for so many people in this world. They, they do. They, they come up and just like as if we're sitting at our home. We're beating ourselves up. It may not be somebody else, but we're sitting at home and just sitting on our phone or sitting or doing dishes or whatever. We're thinking, oh, man. I'm, I'm hard on myself. And I don't know about you, but even social media kind of gets me down. I have to put it down. I can't stand it. Because you've come across these videos and they're telling you what you're doing wrong and what, you, of what you've always done is going to kill you. Like, oh, by golly, did you know that this now causes cancer and Skittles and all these things? It's like, oh, man, I've been eating Skittles all my life. I have had cancer. I repeat that in Jesus' name. But I'm just thinking to myself, man, don't you get tired of the world beating you up even through your own comfortable time? It's like, no, just put it aside. And so we're being beat up from every way. And so when you start seeing Jesus, it's like, God, please, have mercy on me, God. Don't, I beg you, don't, don't tear me up again. I can't do it. I'm already pieces, and I'm pieces on my own. But, God, I want you to come. I, I need you, God. And what, what are we? Beautiful women and then men, too, but women of God. We are to embody. We embody God's love. We are walking around and trying to spread. That's what I say. I say, God, help people to see the love of God through me. Do I want his light to shine through me? Yes. But I first want God's love to shine through me. God, when they see me, when I, when I talk to them at the gym or the store, I want them to say, oh, that was nice. Because why not? Because that's what God does to us. And we don't need to be, and I feel sorry for some people at the grocery store. They'll be bagging their groceries. And why are you bagging it like that? Or why is my card not working? They get barked at every single day, all day long. It's like, just stop. And so when they do say, well, hey, thank you so much for doing that for me today. Oh, wow, I noticed you put that in double bag. Thank you. Wow, thanks for thinking of that. That was so nice of you. And so if we can just be like Jesus. So ladies of God, I really recommend, or uh, I, I, I want to encourage you guys to find someone to love. Share the love of God. Amen. Because people are hurting, just like that guy in, in Mark 5. When I read that, it, it, it really spoke to me. I, be, I began weeping and crying like, God. That poor guy was like, okay, I see somebody else coming toward me, and please don't throw something at me, please. Yeah. 
I can't do it no more. He's like, why? You're the son of God, and I know I've done wrong. I've done so much, but you're going to beat me up. Please don't beat me up. When I saw that that word meant begging and pleading with God, I was like, God, don't let me be the one to cast stones at people. I don't want to do it because they don't need it. They do it enough themselves. So, God, I want to show love. I want to be the one that's going to share love with you. So I just encourage you today, on this beautiful day, be who you were created to be and love people. Love you guys. God bless. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, let's pray right now that God would help us to love as he loves. Hallelujah, 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 Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, can we really pray right now that God would let the love of God shine through us? Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God. What an incredible word from the Lord today that we've received already. Let's thank God for it. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You know, God chose Moses and Aaron, but he also chose Miriam to lead Israel in the wilderness. It was Miriam who was entrusted with her baby brother, Moses, as she placed him in the Nile River to escape Pharaoh's death sentence. It was Miriam who led thousands of women in praise after the Israelites passed through the Red Sea. And we find in Exodus 15, 21, it says, Sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted. It was Miriam that made a difference in her generation through worship. Amen. I, I want to just kind of compliment what my, my wife has already shared, not to add to, but just to compliment and to build on, 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 on that. Uh, but we look in throughout the Bible, Sarah was a true partner with her husband, Abraham. We find that it was Ruth who chose, excuse me, who God chose uh, uh, of God of Naomi, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God rewarded Ruth, a Gentile, by grafting her into the lineage of King David and our Redeemer, Jesus Christ. Ruth's kindness, her grace, and her loyalty made a difference in the lives of Naomi, Boaz, and Obed. She influenced her family, and God used her to change the world. Let me tell you, when we, when we embody the love of God, we can change the world. And you say, well, we're talking a lot about just the, the women. Well, we are, but I'm going to tell you, us men can learn a few things about the love of God through our ladies. I'm going to talk more about that in just a moment. But I need to learn. I need to learn how to love better. I can't tell you how many times, just in the physical, that I, I was dealing with my children, my wife so kindly kind of corrects and, and, not, and just kind of suggests 
maybe a little, maybe a softer tongue, maybe a softer approach. And I'm like, by golly, no, they need a tough hand. They need a stern hand. They need, and perhaps there's an element of that that is true. But really, they need to see love. With a stern hand, they need to see the love of God. Through correction, and I, I, I was, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm kind of convicted today. Brother Francisco, I don't know if you're convicted today, but I'm convicted after this weekend. God, I don't know if Kyle, if all the men that came, Adrian, he's, not, he's back there. I'm convicted today because uh, I, I, I realize that I need to do better. I need to love better. I need to, I need to be a better man. And I'm going to tell you, we can learn a lot about how to be more like Christ if we look at a godly lady. Because after all, God associated the church of God after a godly lady. We are the bride of Christ. I'm going to talk more about that in just a moment. But she influenced and she changed her world. God appointed Deborah as the only female judge and prophetess of Israel. She assigned this mighty woman of valor to sing victorious chants of encouragement. Uh, the scripture refers to Deborah as a mother of Israel. She was a homemaker, a wife, and a mother who made herself available to God and his purpose. Deborah chose to make a difference by using her uncommon leadership and decision-making skills to save her nation in a time of trouble. God placed Queen Esther in a position of power to accomplish his will. Amen. I want to do his will. We want to be placed in the will of God. And whenever you get this mentality that I'm, I'm useless, I have no place, that's a lie from the pit of hell. That's right. It doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, your background, God has a purpose and a place for you in the kingdom of God. And I'm going to just say this right here. We need to do a, a better job as the church of, of allowing people to have a place in the kingdom of God. The reason why we're losing so many of our, our people, of our young people, and even adults, is because the world will find a place for them. And we need to be very intentional that we have the love of God, that we will have a place for them. That we don't, uh, you know, I always, say, I always say this, but get off my lawn. <laughs> when we're playing games, man, I wish everybody was in here to hear this. But when we're playing games and I'm going to say pickleball, softball, basketball, volleyball, you should show the love of God. Well, I'm competitive. Well, if your competitiveness supersedes your love, you are out of balance. Because at the end of the day, especially those are the opportunities where we have people that come and don't know this church. They don't know us. They only know us by who we are there, not who we are everywhere else. We need to embody the love of God. Amen. Praise God. He placed Queen Esther in a position of power. When faced with annihilation at the hand of Hain and Esther made a difference by calling for a time of prayer and fasting. Because of her faith and courage, she intervened on behalf of God's chosen people, and all of Israel was saved. Esther is remembered to this day as a woman who was used of God to deliver the Jewish people from destruction. When God decided to step down and robe himself in flesh and be here on this earth with us, this broken world, instead of entering into the world in some grand fashion, and some named brand individual. 
he chose a virgin Mary. And Mary's willingness to do the will of God made a difference in countless of souls throughout eternity, even through criticism, even through looking bad because of the situation. And thank God she had a, a husband that just wouldn't put her, put her away privately. But uh, we can learn something about that too, men. Praise God. But thank God that there was a woman that was willing to say, you know what, I'll be used of God no matter what the criticism no matter the finger points, I'll be used of God. And what a great, man, what, a, what, what, what do we miss by not being open to be used of God? That's the question. What if Mary would have said, nope, not doing it. I believe God would have found another person, another woman that would be willing to do it. But what a great opportunity. We do that drama, Brother Gissel, I think, and, uh, maybe, yeah, I think Brother Watson was a part of it, of, uh, of, uh, of, of, Man, I was, you know, kind of like that Mary Did You Know song. Man, as she's holding this baby, she's holding God. What a great opportunity. Uh, that I'm, I'm, Let's just be honest. A man didn't have the opportunity to do in the way that Mary had the opportunity to do it. And what am I trying to say? What am I trying to say is I'm trying to say is that uh, I don't ever want anybody in this church, but I'm talking to our ladies right now to ever feel like you are less than or below or not able or no, 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 no. Listen, if you are willing, a willing vessel, God can use you. God can use you. And let me just establish that I believe that our ladies bring something to the table that our men will never be able to bring. That's God designed. And vice versa. Men will bring things to the table that ladies can't bring to the table. And I'm going to tell you what. We need to be, women need to be women and men need to be men. Praise God. We've got to make sure that we establish and that we uh, allow people to be used in the methods and the ways and the roles and the, that, they, that is God ordained. And we need to make sure we establish what a woman of God is, what a man of God is. There's a lot of confusion going on right now. Well, at least in our world, there's a lot of confusion going on. And I, I was listening to something, Brother Wiseman, you sent this to me the other day. It blew my mind of a, a, a pastor was preaching. And he was saying uh, something to the effect of, uh, I, I don't know why God only chose two, two genders. I don't know why. I wish he would have, I wish that God would have chose, uh, give us, you know, four or five to make it easier. More options is easier? No, no. More options are not easy. God made it very easy. It's a man or it's a woman. Amen. It's a man or a woman. And so woman of God, be a woman of God. And men of God, be a man of God. We don't have to be like each other. That's not what God designed us to be. He, wanna, he wants women to be, be, uh, be uh, graceful and full of love and, and all these things. And not that men shouldn't be those things, but uh, we need to be men and women need to be and we need to uplift each other in those, in those areas of ministry. Luke 7.38 paints a beautiful picture of a woman who expressed her gratitude to the Lord by washing the master's feet with her tears and drying them with her hair. You know that story. Much as men one of them may say that, it was a man that did that. No, sir. A woman did that. 
You know, Brother Sparks said this, but I, I, I'm going to say it again. Uh, whenever it was very custom, whenever you would enter into a home of, some, of someone's home, that the servants would wash the feet of the guests. And whenever the, he did not wash the feet of Jesus, what he was saying is, is you're not even, my, my servant, you're not even worth the servants washing your feet, let alone him. But this woman came in and she washed his feet with her hair. And while some criticized her actions, this woman was uh, consecrated in scripture as one who brought comfort to Jesus in the very last moments of his life. Her selfless act made a profound difference as Christ prepared to walk the path of Calvary. It was Mary Magdalene who was redeemed by Jesus and became his a devoted follower of him. She was counted among a small group of women who at their own expense served Jesus and, and the disciples as they ministered throughout Galilee. Uh, Mary faithfully followed Jesus Christ through the time of suffering and remained loyal to his death. And it was because of this steadfast dedication that it was Mary who was the first person Christ appeared to after he rose from the tomb. And it was Mary that, gave, that God gave his first commission after his resurrection. A woman. Praise God. Praise God. He told her, go and tell Consequently, her obedience to his mandate began a long history of women that helped spread the good news of the gospel to the world. Her example paved the way for other difference makers. I've come to tell you that you have a place in the kingdom of God. And I'm going to tell you what, I appreciate a godly woman who will stand in the face of Hollywood I wish I had some men that would say amen to that, to have a godly woman in your life, whether it be a wife or grandmother or, or whatever. I thank God we've got some women that will stand in the face of Hollywood and say we will be separated unto the Lord. Praise God. We will be separated unto the Lord. And uh, of course we want our, it works on the inside, on the outside, but not just on the inside, but they're willing to go against the standards of the world and not, not, not agree to the culture of the world, but we're one, we seek kingdom culture. We seek kingdom culture. And when you get, when you seek kingdom culture, that means you're going to have to say no to worldly culture. Amen. Thank God for a praying lady that will pray and that will fast. Thank God for a lady that will lead in worship. And I'm going to tell you what, really it should not be the ladies leading in worship. I thank God for that. But really it should be the men that lead in worship. We heard that this week, didn't we, guys? That the men should be leading in worship, leading in prayer. Because why? We're the priest of the home. And the priest should lead the home in prayer and in worship. Woman was made in the image of the church. Uh, Ephesians 5 and 25 says, Husbands, we could complete this scripture. Every man and every woman knows this one. We may not know a lot of scripture, but you could probably complete this one. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Jesus, at the first... As the first Adam named his bride Eve, Jesus Christ, the last Adam, named his bride the church. Just as the woman was made for the glory of the man, the church was made for the glory of Jesus Christ. Just as souls are born from the union of, of man and woman, souls are born again from the union of Christ and the church. 
Amen. I, I pulled this from Brother Campatello. This is incredible stuff. Amen. Just as the man paid the price for his body for the woman to live, Jesus paid the price for his body for the church to live. Just as Adam was temporarily put to sleep so that the woman could live, Jesus Christ was temporarily put to sleep so the church could live. You see the correlation today. Just as the sight of Adam was pierced for the woman to live, the sight of Jesus Christ was pierced for the church to live. Hallelujah. Just as God created the woman from what he took out of the sight of Adam, God made the church from what he poured out of the sight of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Just as the woman was brought to the man to be his bride in paradise, the church will be brought to Jesus uh, to be his bride in paradise. Just as the bride receives the name of her husband in their earthly marriage covenant, the church receives the name of Jesus in their eternal marriage covenant. The Bible is very clear and lets us see that the woman was made in the image of the church. Image of the church. John 13, 34, a new commandment I give unto you that ye love one another as I have loved you that ye also love one another. In closing today, I want to encourage all of us. If there is one characteristic, one fruit, if there's one, just one of them that we can embody, surely we should embody all of them if we're filled with the Holy Ghost. But if there is one, we should embody love. We should embody love. I'm conv- I've been convicted the past few weeks specifically uh, and if you were here at uh, Monday Night Prayer a few weeks ago, you'll, you'll understand why. But I, I, I've been really changing how I pray and really changing my outlook on evangelism. And, and I, you know, I, I, for so long I've prayed, God, send us people that are talented. And God sent us people who are talented. God, send us souls to reach out to people. Or send us people that will you know, serve in the kingdom of God, all these different things specific. Send us singers, send us, a, send us musicians, send us people who can clean the church. And thank God he's done that. Can I get a, our lady, couple ladies that clean? Amen. <laughs> Amen. But God spoke to me really, honestly, I feel, I, I can only count really a few times, and not that I've not feel convicted, but I only really a few times I felt God directly rebuke me. Anybody ever been directly rebuked from God? I can count three times. You know, you may have less or maybe more, but and again, I've been convicted many times. But I'm talking about three times where God, I like almost verbally spoke to my heart and literally rebuked me. One of them was right here when I was dealing. I've told this story. I was dealing with my son. My son was playing on the altar. Shouldn't be playing on the altar. And uh, we and, and I, I don't even think I asked him. Maybe I had asked him once to come sit down. He continued playing with his car right there on the altar. And I reached forward, because it's not very far, but I reached forward and I grabbed him and I jerked him back to the, to the chair. And God immediately spoke to my heart and said, don't you ever treat him that way, because I don't treat you that way. Whew, my God. Now, if that don't convict you, I don't know what will. 
But what God was trying to tell me again is that you need to love as I love you. What if I did that to you? How would that make you feel? Because surely I've been that kid or that guy playing on the, on the altar, if you will, and God softly spoke to me. Not that I didn't need a rebuke, but he did it in such a way that was loving and that was that care. I can tell you, everybody knows Brother Caldwell and how stern, maybe some of you don't know, but he's a stern man. He, 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 don't, he don't pull in punches. But even in those moments where I have really needed a rebuke, I can't recall one time where he's rebuked me in force. As bolsterous and as deep voiced and as he used to have wear these glasses all the time and he would look over the glasses, you know. And uh, and man, when he looked over the glasses, even when preaching, you knew he was about to pastor. <laughs> but even in the moments, the few few times in my life where I really needed a rebuke, I can't recall, Papal, a time where you pulled me in by my arm and, and said, Now this is how you need to do. Never. He may have wanted to do that. He may have wanted to do that. But I can, I can recall at least one time where at first, but instead of yanking me by my arm and putting his, putting his finger in my face and yelling at me or screaming at me or rebuking me, he went and prayed first. I, I can tell you that's what he did. He went and prayed first. And then he said, let's talk. And that was even more scary than the jerking of the arm and the finger in the face telling you if we can learn to love as God loved but God has recently rebuked my, my, my even how I pray because after all those times how I've prayed I've never could, could, I've, been, I've even rethought this through my head after I've said it more after that time of Monday night I've rethought it through my head and said did I lie have I ever? I'm sure maybe I have prayed but it just it wasn't a focused prayer and now I'm making a focused prayer, like something I read and I'll pray often. God, send us people that will love as you love. Amen. Church, if we can get people, listen, we, we, we've got talented musicians and singers and, and talented preachers and teachers and, and talented, uh, we got great people in this church, incredible people in this church. But I'm going to tell you, before I, I'm this is how I'm praying. God, before I pray for anybody else specifically, first I am praying that you would send people to this church that would love your people, that would love souls as you have loved. Because when we can love people, that's when they can feel the power of God as my wife spoke. That's when they can see God in us. It doesn't matter if we can play or sing or preach or teach or, or work if we can love God can bless us with all those other things but we've got to be the ones to love let's stand today hallelujah hallelujah God give us the love of the Lord put the love of God in us put the love of God in us Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I'll tell you one more story, just kind of a personal story. I'm going to tell on Brother Caldwell again. Actually telling on myself. But I remember I was probably 12, 13. 
And being a pastor's grandson, and I lived with them for a little while, I, you know, you're exposed to some things that perhaps other kids are not, and you hear things, you know, being a, he was a pastor, and, and we try, even my wife and I, we try to keep our kids separated so they don't, they're not involved in that, they don't, they don't hear, and not that we, we spend a lot of time talking about those things anyway, but we're just very aware that things that should be private remain private. Uh, but I remember Brother Caldwell had told me, or I had heard something, and maybe he even was talking to me about the situation. I was asking him about it. And he told me, do not tell that person. I'm, listen, I'm trusting you with this. You've heard it. You, I'm trusting you. This is, there's just some things you've got to learn to keep in confidence. And I said, okay. Well, I don't know how long, much time went. I don't know if you remember this, Papaw. Do you remember this? No? Okay. And uh, I remember I had told that person, whatever it was. I don't even remember what it was. But it got word back to the Caldwell that I had said it, and it caused a big problem because I was being an agitator <laughs> instead of a peacemaker. I have a keen ability <laughs> to be an agitator. <laughs> And I remember, man, I ran, I, when, I, when I learned that my sins had truly found me out, I ran down the hallway of our back Sunday school room. And it was a small hallway, and we had our prayer room back there as well. And uh, I got a seat, and I put it in the, in the hallway, and I just started sobbing. Not because I was sorry for what I did, I was sorry that I got caught. <laughs> but Brother Caldwell came back there, and I, again, he was, he was frustrated with me. He was upset with me. But man, I, I think about these kind of things when I'm trying to correct my kids. It's like, he could have, but he didn't. He could have yelled, screamed, hollered, pointed his finger at me, said, okay, now you're grounded, now you're this, now you're that, you're a dirty, rotten scoundrel, you're a liar, you're a... I mean, he could have, but he didn't. And you know what he said when we, what I, I don't remember a lot about the conversation, but I do remember this. I remember he hugged me and he said, I forgive you. And he's never brought that back up ever again. He don't even remember it now. I'm going to tell you, that's what love is. Love will, and ma'am, ma'am, you've forgiven me plenty of times for all my scoundrel things that I've done. Oh, don't even get me started on these things. Locked her in her laundry room one time. Don't even know why I did that. Locked her in laundry room, and I thought it was hilarious. She did not think it was hilarious. Praise God. I am, sister. The love of God. The love of God. Let's lift our hands right now. I know we've laughed a lot. We've heard some stories. We've it, This morning has been a bit different, but I wonder if we could all just come up towards the front here and let's just pray today before we leave this, this service and let's make it a very direct and specific prayer that God would help us to love. Help us to love. There's a lot of beautiful ladies and mothers and, and mentors and aunts and all the, all the such in here that we need to learn to love like they love, to have a, a gentleness and a, a kindness that they have. And perhaps there's a, someone in here, you kind of feel like you have no place or you, you have no, no role in the kingdom of God. I have first got to boldly rebuke that in the name of Jesus. 
And I've got to encourage you, do not put down the greatest attribute that you have, and that is the love of God. That is the love of God. It's greater than any talent or any ability. It's the when we can love each other, when we can love our enemies, when we can love our neighbors, when we can love those that hate us, that despitefully use us, that, that talk bad about us, but will still show the love of God towards them. Come on, can we lift our hands and partner that with our voices right now and cry upon the Lord that the Lord would bathe us in love. Come on, bathe us in love, Lord. Bathe us with the spirit of humility and charity and love. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus.
minister to us right now. Why don't you put the hand of us on a shoulder next to you and begin to pray for them. Hallelujah, Jesus. I give you everything. Your goodness is running after. It's running after me. Oh, your goodness. Your goodness is running after. It's running after me. somebody here today with our eyes closed is there anybody that you need prayer you'd come up if maybe you could take a couple steps take one step back if, you, if anybody would like to need some prayer today over your body your mind your family situation if you would step forward right now hallelujah come on there's a couple there's three come on there's a few here that needs prayer that God needs they need a touch from the Lord today Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I believe it would be out of order not to allow God to minister right now to the hearts and to the lives and to heal. Brother Caldwell, would you come and help? Hallelujah. Can we get some of our brothers and sisters together around these that have come? Sisters with sisters, brothers with brothers today. Hallelujah. And let's pray right now. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, lift both of your hands toward heaven with me. And we're about to pray in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, in your precious name. Hallelujah. By the authority of the name of Jesus. I command every sickness to flee. By the power of your word, we command peace over every situation. God's strength over every body and mind. God, we pray right now, Lord, that you would mend every broken heart, broken family, broken situation. God, provide with there needs to be provision made in the name of Jesus we pray the hand of God over every individual come on would you begin continue praying over them right now hallelujah hallelujah hallelujah